The Victory Lap by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor Satan means to hold captive our minds. He has developed many different avenues that serve his purpose. All are designed to keep us in his world of altered reality and as far removed from the reality of God's kingdom as is possible. After 7,000 years, the time that has lapsed since the rebellion of Adam and Eve, this altered reality has become our reality, the norm, and the reality of the kingdom like a quote-unquote fairy tale. We could say this world we live in is a dream world and be quite correct. It is Satan's dream, however, brought to reality through man. One of the favorite quips today is living the dream. Guess what? We are. You see, there are two very different beings that affect our lives, Satan and the Lord. In Satan's mind is a memory bank that contains data based on his life experiences tainted by pride, arrogance, rebellion, lies, hatred, lust, and death. The Lord is humble, kind, loving, eternal, sovereign. So his mind and database is the complete opposite of Satan's. There are therefore two different trains of thoughts, two very different databases we can choose from and two completely separate forms of knowledge. They are even named Leviathan, known also as Jezebel and Babylon, is the knowledge of Satan. Wisdom is the knowledge of the Lord. As Eve was a part of Adam before the Lord made her a body from his rib, so Leviathan is a part of Satan, and wisdom a part of the Lord. Through the oversight of Satan and the guidance of Leviathan, this world we live in has been birthed. Is it any wonder all is failing, all is self-destructing? The perfection in which man was created, the earth and all of its beauty, the animals, birds, all of creation was the fruit of the Lord in wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 8, verses 22 through 30, we read, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way, before His works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth, when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, or the fields, or the primal dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities, or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Adam and Eve were connected to the mind of God at their creation. 
but they indulged in the rotten fruit of Satan's mind, fed his knowledge for 7,000 plus years. We have become like him, good and evil, and are solidly a part of his family tree, with our minds bound to his. Jesus came to set the captives free, however. He made a way for humanity to experience the greatest jubilee ever. He regained every single thing we lost through the rebellion of our primal ancestors, Adam and Eve. Through his walk, he fulfilled the law for Judaism. Through his rebirth, he fulfilled the walk of spirit-filled mankind. He did it all. Through his sacrificial death and triumphant resurrection, he paid all debts, defeated our enemies, took sickness, sorrow, even death on himself, releasing God's land, setting free his people. With the victory of the cross came hope for all of creation. The promises of restoration cited by the early prophets were now guaranteed, for with the Lord's victory, his name now held the authority of the proclaimed victor over his opponent. He is the indisputable champion on the white horse, making his victory ride as the truth goes out across the earth. He is knowledge. He is truth, the word, the tree of life. In the wake of his ride is restoration. David prophesied of this ride in Psalm chapter 45, verses 3 through 4. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, with your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness, and your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Remember how wisdom was the craftsman by his side? Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9, reveals the fruit of their relationship. It also reveals what must be accomplished for this to become a visual reality. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. The above is the fruit of their relationship. They shall not hurt, nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. God's knowledge is what will bring it all into being. As truth is blasted across the earth and devoured by his people, they begin to recognize their shortcomings, and a great repentance has even now begun. The tables are turned. There is a great change taking place, because the champion rides, as he, truth, goes forth, the veil of deception is ripped from the face of mankind, and wisdom can now find a home in their hearts. They are beginning to discern and understand the plan of God for reversal, and are now craving the good fruit from the tree of life. They hunger for the knowledge of God that once was fully and freely given to man. Humanity is now asking to be filled with God's wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 20. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. 
for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all of her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. By His knowledge, the depths were broken up, and clouds dropped down the dew. By wisdom, the Lord will establish the new heaven and new earth also. The knowledge of God can only be complete when we have the Spirit of God covering, leading, guiding, and the Word and wisdom within us. So we must ask ourselves, who are we plugged into? Whose database do we access the basis of our logic? If it is comprised from the thinking of the world systems, then there is no way on earth that we can understand God. There will be no real success in life, no real happiness. His thoughts will not be ours. I promise you, if we're working through the world's knowledge, so His ways will not be ours either. His plan goes unfulfilled, and our works are dead works. The new earth will emerge through a people that are born through the Word. This means born through the end-time knowledge that is being released for this era. Knowledge is being offered that will restore, renew, return to humanity what Adam and Eve allowed the enemy to take captive. All traces of the reign of Satan will be removed, along with the enemy that has lived through us all of these years, causing the corruption and calamity we see around us. This world of fantasy and all that has come into being through the twisted, prideful mind of Satan will disappear as a puff of smoke in a windstorm, and all that will be left is the fruit of the champion and his bride, the knowledge of God and what has been established through it. Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 16. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In closing, Zechariah chapter 10 verse 3 reveals God will make Judah his royal horse in battle. Did you know that the word Judah can be translated as praise? The horse, the word of God, rides to battle, is the white horse of praise. White, because the praisers worship through the Holy Spirit, proclaiming truth. As the knowledge of God goes across the earth, 
through the praises of those who have wisdom in their hearts, minds connected to His, ones that love and keep His commandments. The champion makes his victory lap. Restoration takes place, and a new heaven and earth is sung into being.